0: The imagery of being the bride of Christ, the imagery that is involved when God talks about how much he loves us, there's that imagery of the groom and the bride, and it is a wonderful bit of imagery, but it it deserves a little more conversation to unpack it so that we can fully understand it. With us this morning is Ramon Pierre, who is the lead pastor at Roosevelt Community Church, and going to talk to us a little bit about this subject because his book, Dearly Beloved, uh, deepens our love for each other. Thank you, Vermont, for being with us this morning and uh, spending us a little time. This is a fascinating subject. How'd you get involved with it? What led you to this?
1: Well, much of it was coming out of some of the experience that I have in the, the church that I lead. It's a multi ethnic diverse church. And I'm going to say a calling card for my ministry is always thinking about what brings people together and what keeps them together and especially what brings different types of people together and keeps them together. And I think that that's harder to do than ever. Of course, the thing that uh, made the simplest answer to say is, well, we need to love one another. And so what right. what really has come to mind is, you know, what are some of the best and strongest ways to talk about how we might love one another? I think in many ways, I was searching for new ways, more vivid ways to talk about how we might love one another. And to realize, I mean, one of the strongest, broadest, deepest ways the Bible talks about love is God's love for us as The bride does, the groom does for for his bride. And it really made that connection that, uh, well, the connection that really came to me was the sense that that love that God has for us, that vivid, intimate, deep love is the same type of ways in which we might love one another. Let's explore that a little bit together, because what have you learned about God's love by studying it? What does it look like? How does it act? I I think it's striking that the Bible would use that metaphor uh, as a way of under, us understanding how God sees us and relates to us. Uh, there's a lot of ways in which the Bible does talk about his love for us, uh, and and those are all ways that we are encouraged to think about and that are beneficial. So he loves us like a king does his subjects, uh, so he cares for his subjects, wants to make sure the kingdom uh, does well. Uh, obviously, he loves us as a father does his children, so that sense of parental care uh, and attention uh like a shepherd does his sheep, uh, uh, in that sense of protection and, and guidance. Mm. Um, so, those are all great ways to talk about how God loves us. Uh, but to speak of God loving us as a husband does his wife sort of brings a different dimension of love. Mm. Uh, it touches all, you know, it includes all those things I just mentioned, but it, it brings a sense of intimacy, of, of affection, of delight, um, mm-hmm. of uh, commitment, a unique sense of commitment. And I think it, it's it's, you know, if there's, there's something about Christianity, we should always be calling out is that this is the God that we believe in. This is the God we follow. Um, you look at the course of human history, uh, the many the natural ways people thought of God did not include these kind of categories. Mm-hmm. The Bible says this is how we should think about God. This is how we should relate to God. And I think that just that means something for how you think about yourself mm-hmm. uh, and God's attention to, towards you um, and then how you actually live your life. If you believe that there's a God who loves you like
0: this. A lot of times in our lives, uh, we kind of put ourselves on autopilot. We do the same thing every day, and you're not really connected. You're not really engaged in what's going on around you. You're just kind of doing it by rote. But you emphasize that in order for us to be able to effectively show love, both in a relationship but even in our community, we have to be present. How do you, how do you explain that? What, what does that mean specifically?
1: So this is drawn from, again, from that metaphor. I mean, the, the crux of the book is essentially that that God's love for us is a, a beloved love, right? this this love that we find in, the, in a marriage. And and now that we're in Christ, that same beloved love is in us. And so I look at you and treat you as, as beloved. Not it's not to say that we're, we treat each other as if we're married to one another. Um, we're really spiritually speaking only married to the Lord. Uh, but that same love is almost like we have this, imagine your souls as well. And mm-hmm. God's love has been poured into that well. And it's a beloved love. Mm. And now you can draw from that well to love others. So I see you with the eyes of the Lord. I treat you uh, as the Lord will want me to treat you. I honor you as the Lord will want me to honor you. And uh, that category of saying, well, I want to treat you and see you and honor you as beloved is one that the Lord has instilled in us. And so as you begin to explore that, you think of all the different ways in which uh, we are with one another in marriage and the same way God is with us as as a married partner, spiritually speaking. Uh, I think we can then practice that in the, the relationship we have. And so that, that's what that category of being present with another comes from. And so one of the things I do in the book is just trace the ways in which God emphasizes that he lives with us, which is, again, remarkable. that <laughs> God yes. is, yeah. is, is eager to say, you know, I'm not going to be distant from you. I want you know, right from the very beginning in the garden. But then, you know, throughout the Old Testament, uh, you have the tabernacle, you have the temple. Uh, finally culminating in God actually living within us uh, by the Spirit. And, and I think all that is, is is draw, if you think of that metaphor of being married, it's because you have to live with someone if you're going to be married with them. It's a way of saying, I'm going to be present with you and stay with you. And so in that same sense, uh, because God has loved us in that same way, uh, by saying, I want to be present with you, I, I think it it suggests something very strongly about how we have relationships with one another, that love is best cultivated when we're actually present with each other. And so specifically, I mean, I, this is why I think face-to-face corporate worship is so vital and important mm-hmm. when we don't have that. Uh, I mean, there's other there's things we've done in the past that are you know, that were you know, substitutes, but not the real thing. <laughs> um, and so the significance of being physically present with another regularly in corporate worship uh, will, will, will generate this kind of beloved love among, the, among uh, God's people. Shared meals, I think, is another example. Mm-hmm. Hospitality is mm-hmm. another way. Um, all things that we find within the scripture, and in many ways, I'm sort of saying those, those practices we find in the Bible, those are practices of love. It's a way in which we're saying, I'm going to be with you and live together with you. Ramon, how did this study change the way that you do life with your family or with your church congregation? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, well, let me we say this, uh, you know, many times you write things and, uh, there's ways in which you begin to practice them and other ways that you're still working it out so, by no means would I suggest that I uh, Am fully there and even the things I, I believe in and write on but I would say it's it me new categories for thinking about uh, the people in my life mm. and um, You know the last couple of years uh, for almost every church community I know about have been have been difficult uh, yes. and We have a lot of different cultural tensions and pressures putting on us uh, that are being put on us uh, I think we as, as Christians have some of the strongest means to fight against that. And and so this this is the sort of category, when I think of people, it's probably particularly helpful when they're at conflict or difficulty with people. To see them not as I would want to see them, which is, well, they're, you know, they're, they're against me. Uh, I don't need to have anything to do with them. But to say, no, they're beloved to the Lord, so they're beloved to me, uh, allows me to lean in and to sort of then begin to in many ways, it gives me more creative imagination for how I might continue to stay in relationship, how I might cultivate relationship, uh, even before there's conflict with the people around me. Um, and so it just, it, it just it encourages me to to express a kind of intimacy and affection and delight at all times with those I'm in community with. That uh, helps me to, as just sort of daily life with those who I'm with, uh, but also it helps, especially in the difficult times.
0: You know, there's so many, uh, there's so much more that we could go into and delve so much deeper, but... Very, very quickly, what I'm hearing is that it's it's important to ask God to help us see others as He sees them instead of how we see them in our natural state. Are, in yeah. your experience, are there any specific uh, aspects of Scripture or uh, prayer that that helps us to focus on that and to just really hone in on what God wants us to be?
1: Yeah, you know, I think First you know, John 4 is— is one of my key verses that i i, I look at in the in the book and you know first john four verse seven says beloved let us love one another for love is from god whoever loves has been born of god and knows god um it just the mm. command to love one another but the connection is because love is from god um, right. and i think what what i think it's inviting us to do is really and this is really the, the i think that the helpful thing to help us do this is the more I think we meditate on, reflect on the fact that love is from God, that God first loved us. That's what the letter says in that same chapter. Um, and this is love verse 10, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. Yes, yeah. um, And then goes on to say verse 11. So the beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yeah. I think any true Christian, the more they consider and are overwhelmed by just how deeply and intimately mm. and vividly God has loved us, uh, with the passionate love of the groom for his bride, uh, the more you, you reflect on that, and the more you're aware that that love is not flooding your heart and soul, it allows you then to begin to see. I think it will most naturally can help, but allow you to see people differently, treat them differently, so to, relate to them differently.
0: Yeah, very, very true.
1: So, how do we navigate conflict with this kind of attitude? Because inevitably in church, there's gonna be a difference of opinion, there's gonna be some strong feelings on both sides of an issue. So how do we navigate that? Well, we can't ignore or dismiss legitimate conflict. Um, I think the, the first thing to say is that conflict will happen. Um, and we see it in the Bible. Uh, there's, there are, as you mentioned, uh, it's natural for communities to have conflict and, and we shouldn't sort of brush it under the rug. We have to, to deal with it face on, but how we deal with it I think is um you know, again thinking of that 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 metaphor of god's love for us being a beloved love and thinking in a, in a good marriage good marriages really function off of grace um you have to constantly be willing to show favor towards the other person um and that's how you work your way through conflict and I think grace also functions is vital essentially vital for christian community uh, i tell people you know if you're unwilling to show grace then you're you're almost in the wrong religion <laughs> it's wow. grace allows us to yeah. sort of lean in and have a desire to resolve conflict <laughs> um and you know, I mentioned in the book, sort of different tools of grace. So a willingness to sacrifice. I think grace is a category where we where we realize, uh, yeah, it might not be equal in terms of like how much one person's got to initiate towards the other, but that's not the point here. It's that God has moved on you to initiate and to deal with something. Um, you don't need to wait for the other person. You can do so. You know, another tool of grace is the willingness to forgive uh, and to have a willingness to confess. Um, and they're both tied together. Um, you know, in some ways, there's there's a room where... Two people can finally relate to one another. The doors into that room are, uh, one, on one hand, one person has to be willing to forgive. and the other hand, the other person has to be willing to, to confess and to repent, to turn away from what they've yep. done. Um, and again, those are just amazingly powerful categories that we see the Lord do towards us, helps us to do towards one another.
0: Just an abundance of oh my, really yes. good information. The book is Dearly Beloved. Um, how God's Love for His Church Deepens Our Love for Each Other. Uh, Vermin, how do we get a hold of it and uh, learn more about you and your other writings?
1: No, I appreciate that. Uh, it's uh, available on Amazon, uh, MoodyPublishers.com, other book retailers, uh, anywhere that you are able to order your books, uh, you'll be able to find it. And uh, my church is Roosevelt Community Church, so RooseveltChurch.org if you want to see other things, videos, other things that I've done. Um, you're uh, welcome to
0: do so. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for your time. Thank you for the work that you do. And hopefully we'll have time to do uh, another conversation in the near future. Sounds good. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it.